You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight from the Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host on this personal development and growth podcast. Listen, if you're new to the show, I just want to take this time. I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. And whether this is your second time or 300th time tuning me back in, thank you for your continued support. Listen and share with the podcast. It means a lot to me. And please, please get this podcast out to anybody that you know that would would value would find value in it and uh please link it to your platform so whether it's facebook twitter instagram uh link the podcast straight from the chest at me at justin craig roth and i will re-mention you and uh look if you haven't subscribed yet please do onto the youtube straight from the chest youtube we're trying to build that platform it's at like fucking 45 followers nothing right now so please help us to get to at least i don't know 100 by the end of the week and uh, if you haven't yet subscribed to Spotify, Apple, or SoundCloud, please do so. We're everywhere that there are podcasts, um, any major platform, we are on that. So without further ado, got another guest, Chris Kachera. What's up, brother? How are you, man? Welcome back. Doing great, brother. Thanks for having me back, man. Good to be back. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> since I've uh, even seen you in the gym, man. I mean, we we probably have conflicting schedules, re- re- you know, regards to when we train or whatever. But uh, how has the gym been for you, bro? You know, it's been good, bro. I get it done in the morning, you know, get there about 5.15, because, you know, I get on the phone about nine. And once that, the, the, the workout buzz kicks in, man, I'm good. If I don't get on the, uh, in the gym in the morning and, and get on the phone, you're not going to want to talk to me at all. So 5.15? Yeah, 5.15, 5.30. Jeez, man. So, um, that's, an, how do you even function that early in the morning? I don't. What time do you get I'm up? I'm not a human, man. Uh, you know, I get up about 4.45 and, um, I got to be out of there before you get in, man. Cause I know I, I'm not going to look good if you're there, bro. So Shut I got to go. <laughs> I knew I wanted you on for a reason. Yeah, right, right, to, right. To flatter me, bro. No, but it's good, man. Getting it done. It's built a, a habit in me that, you know, I think it's really tipped my success a little bit, you know, towards, you know, doing okay to doing better in business because of that one thing. I think honestly, where were you at before that though? Before that, as far as gym time, yeah, yeah, gym time, you know, I was like nine, eight, eight or nine, you know, just get into the office around 11. It's, you know, already halfway through the day, sometimes like seven. So it just wasn't very targeted, man. I know if I hit that and I get that done, it's going to be a good day. And you couldn't go to the gym after work? After work, no, man. I'm, I just didn't, I didn't feel as good at work. So it became so, you know, specific to me hitting that, that workout in the morning. And it just dialed in my day to where I was like, I, I never want to go after. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Do you feel like it does anything different for you when you do in the morning as opposed to at night? Uh, You know, as far as in the morning, I know like the longevity of the day, I can push harder and, uh, you know, the conversations are better. Meetings are better if I do it in the day versus uh, or in the morning versus, you know, going at night. Why do you think that is? You know, I just endorphin specific, man, you know, getting those endorphins flowing early um, is just maybe just what my body needs for sure. So. You know, I heard something, well, I didn't hear this. I read this um, years ago that there's a thing called BDNF, brain-drive neurotrophic factor. Okay. And that's increased or rather secreted, I believe, uh, when you train, when you work out. So if you ever notice you're more clear and focused after your workout. Right. Unless you had a really grueling workout and you're not all there because, you know, as a result. But the typical workout for most people, even if it's hard, you still feel like you're alert afterwards. At least you should feel, you shouldn't feel like drain in the dumps. Yeah. Yeah. 
But then again, we've had those workouts where we just feel drained. Like shit. I feel drained. Like I don't want to do shit. I just want to lay in my bed. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but that if you don't have those workouts and you have just the basic workouts, but still hard, whatever mm-hmm. you're pushing, putting effort in that BDNF, that seems to be the, the culprit behind why you're so much more clear, focused, more attentive. You stay on task. Sure. Your conversations flow better. The fluidity of of your exchange is better. Yeah. You probably noticed that. I think you nailed it. The fluidity of just the linguistics and just the fluidity of, of like a natural rapport with people right away. Yeah. And, you know, they feel it too. I know, you know, how you go into a sales meeting or a phone call, you want to be high energy and you want to be able to influence that person if they're ready to be influenced, right? And so, you know, you want to say the right things. And I know that I do say the right things to, to move to the next step. That, that is good for that person if they're ready. If I had have have that workout and the fluidity does kick in um, a lot yeah. in that regard. Well, for people that don't know quite who you are or what you do, tell them. Yeah. So, um, you know, four years ago, I became a real estate agent. Kind of did the first year was, was rough. Did not do good. Um, did the side hustle for a couple years after that. But, um, you know, the last two years I've been full-time real estate and, um, hired a coach. So just trying to, you know, scale right now the business to, uh, you know, probably going to do 19 transactions this year, maybe 20. And then, uh, the goals that just build about 20% on that each year. Jeez. Is that, I'm not into real estate at all. Is that average? You know, 19, great 20? question, man. Um, it can range from four to seven average, mm. you know? And um, in this this uh, market, you can do pretty you know pretty good off four to seven, but uh, in other marketplaces, I mean, you would not make it. You know, so. Well, I guess it depends on how how obviously expensive the house is. Makes like yeah. you know if your if your income is what five percent is five percent on a two hundred thousand dollar three hundred thousand dollar home or right. shack. You know, <laughs> not even getting a sh- in here where we live here. That's not even a shack, man. I mean, a million sometimes gets you a shack. Yeah, shack. When <laughs> you're, down, especially if you're in like Shell or whatever. Or yeah, especially Shell. But yeah, man, so 19 or 20, especially in this area, is really, really good, bro. Yeah, it's really, really good. Thank you, bro. I mean, you know, just like with anything, I encourage people like, hey, I, I failed the, the real estate exam three times, man. Three times. I went back to Fresno back and forth. And I always encourage people, maybe that year, will, the first year or second year in business, even the third year might suck. But, you know, if you have a vision, you can cultivate that passion in your stomach every morning to be like, you know what? I can suffer through the, the, the tough times. And having an end goal in mind with a big enough why is, I think, you know, what has gotten me past those tough years. So now being able to enjoy it and really get some momentum. So, Well, what? So, OK, in that process, there is a lot of it. You've had these days, I'm sure, where you're like, this is not what's not working out like this there's something happening here where this is this should be easier but not easier for the respects of saying it's easy this should be this should be more this should be more fluid like for lack of a better word man like so when you have those days what do you do like yeah more fluid like um you know those days it's just you because you I forget who it was, but it talks about the playing the macro versus the micro or the, the infinite game, essentially. You know, if you have an end goal of making 100 grand and getting out of business, those days, those fluid days where it should be or feel like fluidity um, are going to be really tough to where it might push you out of the business um, even sooner than maybe getting that monetary goal, but having no long term vision. Yeah. So I, I guess uh, to your to your question, um, always going back to like, hey, why do I want to do this? I, you know, I want to. Um, have enough financial security to, you know, be able to retire financial freedom, 
to maybe not retire, but be able to, and then take care of the family, of course, man. So what got you into real estate though? Great question, man. I was doing personal training for about a year and I like the sales aspect of it. I love dealing with people, but the passion for training wasn't there. Yeah. So I figured, you know what, I'll, I'll try another sales career sales. And my stepmom was doing it um, pretty big in uh, the Bay area when I was a kid. And so, you know, you know, I liked kind of her style. Let me, let me try it out. You know, I mean, I can always do something new and, um, it, right from the day one that, that fluidity kind of feeling kicked into where like, oh, I like this, you know, I feel like that was where I was meant to be at the time. So, and until it doesn't feel like that, I'll keep doing it. Yeah. I don't think that that's, I mean, you found something that you're good at and that you can, you can, that compliments you. And that's the thing. It's like. Many of us can be good at certain things, but do they compliment us, compliment our, 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 our profile, our psyche, etc. Like, because the things that compliment us, they are going to keep driving us to do them. Yeah, true. We're wired by ego, bro. And so it's, it will spit at least as men. So if that thing compliments us, we're going to keep driving to enact upon that specific thing that does so compliment us. I sure. mean, it's, it's the same thing with women. You're going to want to tote around your woman if she's attractive totally, and, or if she, you know, if she has status in the community or whatever, like when I say status, I mean like guys want to get her, but haven't sure. You know what I mean? Right, like that right. status to a man yeah. for a woman, at least, but you want those, you, you, you want to chase that and drive that drives you towards that because that's complimenting you, your ego, et cetera, and complimenting Maybe what you could be or what more you could be, you know? Yeah, that makes sense, man. I mean, ego driven for sure. It does like stroke the ego when you're good at stuff, right? I mean, let's yeah. call a spade a spade. Um, also, the expansion of, as, as you probably know, man, growing a business and seeing that expansion. I mean, you feel it on a spiritual and like a conscious level, you know, to where it's like this is addicting because I mean, I think we're put here on the earth to become the best we can, you know, version of ourselves. Right. Um, I think God put us there for that. And so the more you do that, the more you feel in touch with your purpose, you know? And um, of course, it's great to make a lot of money too. That's the goal. So I'm not going to lie about that. There's good money to be made. And I think that's, you should go and pursue a, a life of financial freedom. So I think those two are big for me and they, they hit it together with real estate. So Yeah, I agree with that, man. I used to not think that that was the business to go where the money was, but the thing is when you're going where the money is, you're actually, if you don't have the mindset of one of uh, the dark triad traits like Machiavellian like or narcissistic, narcissistic or psychopathic, you're going to want to make more money so you can give to others because essentially that's what allows you to do that. You have that, you were saying financial freedom, but it's freedom in multiple avenues, bro. I mean, like you're able to now, let's say, retire your mom, retire your dad right. and give them something that they never could have given themselves. Right. That should be the driving force behind you making a lot of fucking money or starting a nonprofit organization, not sure. having to make money on that because you have so much money because you made so much money. You can now maybe save shelter, maybe save dogs or, or, or animals or what have you, like what do you, something. Right? And that's, you should want to collect money for that reason, you know? You know, to your point, man, the more you can get and, and be, you know, not that you, you need a billion dollars or whatever, but, you know, people say, well, there's so much more important things than money. Well, yeah, of course there is, but you can't focus on those important things if you don't have money. Like, you know, if I didn't, you know, you want to see your mom, right? But you're working 60 hours a week and maybe something you're just scraping by at. Are you going to be able to be with your mom that much? Probably not. Yeah. So I think it's obviously a tool as cliche as that sounds. 
to spend more time with the more important things than are important than money. I think that media or government or what have you has lied to us in that regard and told us money doesn't make you happy or money doesn't make you well off or whatever. Yeah, there are those certain people that have personality that develop personality dysfunctions or or disorders when they go through the onset of so much money accrual. But I mean, those people likely had maybe uh, tumultuous childhoods or upbringings, or maybe they got very, very famous at a young age and didn't know what the fuck to do with it. Sure. You know, that kind of fame. And that just kind of led them down, down the road of being more impressionable and, 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 you know, engaging in like different activities like dr- drug oriented or whatever, but, or substance abuse. The thing is, is that when you have a person with a good head on their shoulders and they make a lot of money, they can do really good with that. Totally. And to the, you know, to the extension of the public or their family members, you know? Yeah. And I think you're right, man. The media does demonize it to a sense to where, uh, in my opinion, man, it wants you to, well, I'd taken it from Joe Rogan, but it, to work for the man because they want, you know, people to work for him. Yeah, no, that's right. It, it is it, because we need people to, to subjugate their own dreams or visions. We need them dude. and. And I'm not, I need, I need them too. Like just as much as you do, dude. Like we need 100%. people to work these jobs that we don't want to work, you right. know? And if that fulfills you, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I just think there should be an end goal with financial freedom to um, allow yourself to manifest your best self. Cause I think um, the people that I know have done really well financially, man, they are able to cultivate more of an empathetic approach to life to where you don't really see it to someone in survival mode. You know, you can go to a higher level of consciousness when you're not worried about every single day finances. So that's yeah. Good, man. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a really good point. When you don't have to worry about money, you can do things that otherwise you wouldn't be able to immerse yourself in. And those are things of activity. Those are things of thought. You have time now. And, but that's not to say that it's not going to take a lot of time and tenacity on your end to create said financial freedom because it is, man. Right. And that's where a lot of people fall off the horse is they just don't have that tenacity or that, that grit to keep going and to understand that there are going to be multiple days of frustration, multiple days where you stay in neutral or even or even decline a little bit. Right. Seasons, etc. Like that those seasons of drought are gonna happen. But I mean, what's the alternative? And that's what you have to ask yourself. Like that's I'm sure subconsciously what you ask yourself is what I subconsciously ask myself, what's the alternative here? Like the alternative is to what? <laughs> I don't have an answer for that because I don't even think about the alternative. Sure. Because my mind is steadfast on the things that I'm that I find value in, the things that I do, the things that um, even though they're not necessarily bringing me the ROI yet, I don't care. Sure. As long as I can do them to some degree, whilst simultaneously doing the other things that make me, you know, the ability to pay my bills, etc. Sure. Like right. that's good right now. It's not optimal, but it's okay. It's okay. It has to be, you know, man, like, uh, it reminds me of a quote, like when you have hope in the present or, uh, there's, there's power in the future when there's hope in the present. Yeah. Right. So you're, you seem like a, such a, you know, a path driven person to where you almost have to have like a little path to go into your big path. It seems like it's what I hear you saying. Yeah. But you were the same way because you know, if it were all about real estate, you would have never done these odds and end jobs that you needed to do to make ends meet. Sure. You know, those are the things that fed the vision. They just helped sustain life in in the interim of you, you know, 
gravitating towards this higher level totally uh within your real estate man i mean you have but you are a prime example of what you do what you have to do to make the vision work sure and you know what man i think it goes back to my dad dude just seeing his grid um and doing what it took to, to start his business and you know he, he did what it took you would sell supplements he's a fitness guy as you know uh sell supplements or you know do side hustles and then you know one day he made it kind of thing he was making good money and he didn't need to do that that stuff anymore so I think just, um, I, I saw your last podcast too, I made a couple back, but talking about your dad and how that's the foundation of you, right? Yeah. And it's just like, man, if dad can do it, I gotta go do it too and you know, make him proud in a sense because um, that's a big thing for me, you know, so. Yeah, that's, I was, I was kind of referring to, um, you are how you were raised pretty much. And so I was raised in a household of entrepreneurs, so entrepreneur, Cause my dad was young. My dad was the one that started it. Sure. My mom is the one who supported it. And they were together the whole time. And they're together the whole time. Okay. So, and by the way, I'm blessed to say that that's a huge, uh, huge thing. So sure. Yeah. So if I had seen my dad collect a paycheck, go to work, you know, and just collect paycheck every week and bring home and, and meet ends meet with that, I would not have questioned that that's what I do as well. Right. But because I didn't see that and this is all I saw, well, this is the standard now that I have to meet too. Sure. But it wasn't like there was a alternative. There was never an alternative. Like, sure, there's an alternative by, you know, in the scope of reality, mm -hmm. but that was never an option. Right. Okay. Got it. So you knew it was in like the, it was in the background. Like I could do this, but it's not even like, it's so far back and hazy that you don't it even see it. It is immensely hazy and faint. And I just, I guess in, in the regard of survival. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. But I could also exile myself to an Island and live off the fucking grid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an option. Yeah, survival. How style. far do you want to get down this fucking hole? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I could do that shit yeah. too. So, I can see you doing it too, dude. But we don't. <laughs> right. Right. You know. But I, I hear what you're saying, man. I do. But that's innately why that's what's innate to me to do whatever said thing I am doing, I think is, is basically been predicated on the way my dad moved in life and what I saw him, how I saw him speak to people, yeah. how we engage, what he did every day, what my mom did. Now I'm not in the business of landscape because that's what his uh, that's career his is in, mm -hmm. but I had to find whatever entrepreneur space or I had to find whatever entrepreneurial path that fit my profile was. Sure, sure. And so I did a few things in life and um, they've led me to this point, but they've all been entrepreneurial. You know, I'm going to have had jobs and shit, yeah. but it's not, it's never been, I've never had a, a driver of focus for the job that I have. Okay. So, you know, and obviously your fitness has been your thing for what, over a decade now? Yeah. Over a, yeah. When you started, cause obviously the longevity of being in the business for 10 years plus is really freaking awesome, man. From what I'm understanding and seeing the attrition rate is high for people starting businesses which props to you, man, is phenomenal. Thanks, man. Um, when you first got into it, you know, you said you had stuff before this that you were doing entrepreneurship or to make money. Um, did it feel like it clicked right away when you got into fitness? Or was it like, hey, this is what I'm meant to do kind of thing? No, really? I actually fell out uh, after about three months. I fell out of fitness. When I say fitness, for people that don't know this, um, I'm a personal trainer by trade and I was a personal, I got my certificate, first certificate, which is just CPE. Uh, CPT so rather sorry um, and I went on the floor for about two or three months in my in, at fitness 19 local yeah. gym in my area 
And I was like, I don't want to do this shit no more. And the reason was because I was not in it for the right reasons. And I thought I was naturally going to get into this, train my buddies, do bodybuilding type shit Mm. and like make money. And that just wasn't, that was a fallacy. So when I started training these, you know, older sedentary women, basically what I was, what my, what my, and my market ended up being becoming (laughs) (laughs) uh, that wasn't fun for me when I saw my buddies in there getting their, their pump on and, you know, lifting weights and getting swole. Meanwhile, I'm in there like, feeling like I'm sucked up, like I can't, you know, I'm not training. I feel cold and sure. soft looking. And and for me back then, that was the ego. Mm. It was a large portion of ego uh, affiliated with that. But, and and it wasn't, I guess the, the, the focus of training wasn't enough for me to keep, keep in it. So I just, I was like, you know, fuck this. I'm going to, I'm going to call out. And I went back to work. For my parents doing mm. landscape. Okay. And then um, I realized I can't, I don't want to do this shit either. Yeah. So then I went to, um, I was I was offered a job down in LA to train. And so I took that job. And then that kind of kind of reinstated the, the, I guess, the impetus to want to train. And so then I came back down here. Then I did it. But I did it on my own terms. Okay. Started my own business, even though it was just a, small mobile business, but I went to the person. I went to the park. I did training at the park. But once I had something that was mine, the dynamic shifted. Yeah. You know, man, and I think like just, you know, some there's A, A, B, and C players, and you might even do better as a B player, you know, working for someone else or under maybe like the umbrella of a gym or a brokerage. Mm-hmm. But you seem like such an A player that, you know, that's just congruent with who you are, even if, if it might have been more monetarily better for you to work for someone and tell me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like what you're saying, um, you kind of had to find that place of being, I guess, more of an A player of doing your own thing to really feel like, hey, you know, no matter what happens, I got this, I'm gonna grind and I'm gonna do what it takes. Well, and the threat becomes more substantial when you have risk, when there's risk involved. So when you go to work for somebody, there's no risk involved. Right, sure. But when you go to work for yourself, you're putting money into equipment, yeah. you're putting money into advertising, etc. There's risk involved. And whenever there's risk involved, stakes become higher and the value becomes more prominent because you now have to make this work if it's something that you deem valuable and there and obviously the ego is centered around that as well but that's what the driving impetus becomes at that point because there's risk involved Mm. and i don't want what's apart from the risk which is failure i don't want failure out of this risk that i'm taking so i do what i have to do to not to av- to avoid that to avoid it right right so you you know what you're saying is you're you actually function better when your back's up against the when wall. there's risk mm-hmm. that's cool man that's really cool but if you think about all most entrepreneurs I mean obviously there's a, a part of the definition of being an entrepreneur is uh, assuming risk and taking risks so maybe perhaps that was kind of substantiated with regards to my dad and seeing him. Um, or it's just in, I hate to say this because there's no factual proof of this, but it's in my blood. Sure. I don't know, man, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think it's how I was, what family I was brought up in. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I really believe that we're all very, very easily, we're very impressionable. And in, especially from a young age, from zero to five, when the mind's the most plastic, what I saw is what I naturally gravitated towards. Makes sense. And, um, 
if I had been in a household that was just about going to your nine to five, then I'd have done that shit. Sure, I just would have done something different, right? right? I would, but I still would have done that. Sure. It's it's the likelihood of me coming out of that and doing being an entrepreneur is is fucking rare. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, definitely rare. Very slim. So I'm, but I'm thankful for that. But it's a burden. It's it's a burden and it's a it's a blessing at the same time, you know. Um, but I also believe that the the that the avenue of entrepreneur or being an entrepreneur has led me to identify other things about me and my profile, my mm. personal profile that I probably wouldn't have otherwise identified because if I was in a job and being told what to do, et cetera, and not being on my own, sure. well, then I wouldn't uncover a lot of things, you know, and I think most of us would. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, there's like four types of personalities and I think like you fall under obviously the driver, I think, uh, just thinking about it actually on the way here. Um, and, and it, you know, it seems like you, it, there, you can be aggressive and blunt, but that's just you. Like you want to say it how it is and that's it. And like that can come across if you did work a nine to five, probably abrasive and it, it might not work out. So it seems like when you found that like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing, that driver personality really set in and you were able to be congruent and fluid, fluid, you know, yeah. you've been using that word. There was a more of a fluidity to your life, maybe. Is that what it sounds like? Yeah. And I what do you think? Do, would, do you think that you can do you think that you can? It's going to sound like be someone you're not, but. Do you think that you can make it out of an already kind of predisposed path that you are seeing in front of you? You're not really quite sure how to, how to, what to take from it. What I'm saying is the illustration is when you're young and you see this, you know, you're seeing things around you, your mom, your dad, what they do for a living. Do you think that you would want to do something different or emulate different than the people that you look up to the most? Yeah, I mean, probably not, man. Honestly, I so mean, in that regard, it's like, how do you change? How do you change, right? So, it, yeah, like you're saying, you're born with it, or you, it's just instilled at a young age. That's kind of how it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree, man. I, like, you, we're so moldable as a kid. We're so yeah. moldable. We, we want to emulate everything we see, right? Um, so, yeah, I hear you, man. We're still moldable, and that's a scary thing. Mm. We're still moldable, whether we want our egos want to accept that shit or not. We're still moldable. People who who you hang out with, people that you listen to, people that you read, they will become you if you're not careful. Totally. And then you will lose you in the process. Mm. And that is something that I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not in agreement with, for lack of a better word. Um, that's why you and I are very different in this regard because you read a lot mm. and. I don't know who you listen to, but you read, I know you read a lot. I don't know who you read. I choose one. I reading makes me fall asleep, but two, even <laughs> if it did, even if it did, yeah, yeah. I still likely wouldn't read. Hmm. And I don't listen to a lot of people anymore because I found, and I've said this, I've said this in a bunch of other podcasts. I found that I start to act like that person or speak like that person. And I fucking hate that. I despise that because I'm not really being myself and that's a problem. Mm. So I don't read for that reason. I don't care who's successful, who's read all these books. I don't care. Sure. I, I don't care if they, if they are the ones that are saying you need to read these books and get mentors and they're successful. I don't care. Mm. I don't look at that as that is the pathway to take for everything in my biological wiring says, don't do that and don't do that because 
you'll lose yourself in the process because even though you're 37, you're still impressionable at this point. You're you're still fucking impressionable. Why are you impressionable? Because you're still trying to find who, what, or what makes you up. Mm. So in the process, if you're not careful and you don't reflect and go to you first and you go to others mm. or you by the by by means of listening or reading, yeah. then you'll lose yourself in the process. You won't uncover who you really are and you'll just be a reflection of them and no one wants that. No mm. one really wants that in terms of their identity. They don't want to be a reflection of it. They only want to be unique. Everybody wants to be different. Yeah. Well, this is the way to make yourself different. Mm. You have to identify what what I guess pathway that you can carve and you stay on that path even if you're the not only only one there but you have no direction in the process. Mm. And there's there's some people that I learn from I, I can't help but get snips of people and I'm sure. like that's a really good point man. Yeah, yeah. But I don't actively seek it out. Mm. That's the difference man. If I were to actively seek it out and put time into that knowing how much discipline I have to put sure. time into certain things that matter. Mm. I'd become a different version of me and it wouldn't be the one that's identifiable with who I am mm. from a biological standpoint. And that's, I would never really uncover who the fuck I am. And that's mm. a problem to me. That's always been a problem. So I was going to ask, it's always been, a, so obviously we operate from core values, right? We have to have core values. Even if you say you don't, you do. Um, you authenticity seems like you're number one, regardless of anything else. Maybe second, there might be secondary ones, but, and so you say it's always been like that. I want is your pops like that too or again were you just born like that what, what Bro, does that my, look like my dad is a is comes from the school of fucking hard knocks if I told you my I know people say that because sure. they want to you know act like their dad's a tough rugged guy my dad didn't want to be in that position mm. he was thrown in that position based on his his upbringing his oh, childhood God. sure from a young age man he's been through a lot of shit and it's not my dad is such a in the process in the I guess in the the process of him cultivating himself, he's, he's not, uh, he should be a harder person. He's very, mm. and he was hard in his earlier years, but he's grown to be a little more softer with his approach, probably because he's still 60. Sure. But my dad didn't, the furthest thing from my dad's thought was to fucking read a book. Mm. And that's not where I got it from. Cause I, he, for all I know, he could have read books, but sure. I, I would, I would presuppose that that man, has not read books because it's just not something that would likely strike his fancy. Like sure. I just, for me and for me, it's the same thing, but reading books, it's not just about reading books. I'm talking about the, the advent of adopting people's vernacular and their viewpoints and their ideologies because you admire them mm -hmm. and respect them. Sure. That's really muddy water. When you admire and respect somebody, you don't understand what your brain is starting to now pull and receive from mm -hmm. that person that you admire respect. You think you're just listening. You think you're just like, you know, spe you know, spectating, but you're absorbing so much. And it's, and you may not see it right away, but mm -hmm. eventually that shit comes out when you're talking to somebody or when you're even thinking to yourself, Sure, you're like, well, how would I, you don't think like this, but no, I wonder what, he would think about this. Really. Sure. She would think about yeah, it. Yeah. That's a problem because you have to think to yourself. I'm not saying that you should dispense with everything you think about, but like you should be able to be strong enough and independent enough in terms of your identification to think for yourself mm. and land on that rock and stay there. That makes sense, man. I mean, I, I agree and disagree. Obviously, I read a lot. So 
Um, what you're saying is very true, man. I think what, the more you deviate from the authentic person, the more you're going to lose yourself, right? Um, for me, again, my pops read a shit ton of books as a kid. He had the, the library with a bunch of books. And I had always admired him for that because he was always learning. He came from a, a shitty background too. And um, with him, it was like the personal development was his way out. You know what I mean? Like um, talking about changing from your parents, he, he flip-flopped 180%. So um, I, th I think that's where I get it for sure. Um, I am willing as I grow more, read more, uh, to delineate and kind of discard what I, I uh, don't want better. But as a kid, I definitely would adapt more personalities to where I was reading for sure. And I think that goes all the way back to like, you know, evolution. Like you want to like kind of be like the crowd to fit in with the crowd to survive. So you don't get your ass kicked out of the group and, and fucking get eaten by a lion. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that's like kind of generally how, but anyway, so that's how I look at it. But my pops did read a lot. And for me... Um, I, again, going back to expansion, expansion is one of my core values for sure. I want to see how much I can become here on this earth in the short time we have here. And it, and it makes me feel like, you know, I'm, I'm becoming a little bit of a better Chris, um, each maybe book I read. Do you feel like, um, is there anybody you look up to more in the book space than anybody else? More in the book space. I think I just look up to myself more that, um, I'm able to chew through and get through books. And uh, the more I read, the more I feel like I become like my own bigger, a bigger fan of myself, honestly. Okay. So, but, but is there anyone, I is look there anyone like you like, like reading more? I should, I should say it like that. You know, I'll read no names and big names, but um, I think, well, I mean, I do like Joe Rogan a lot. He doesn't write, mm -hmm. but if we're talking about anyone I, I like and maybe gravitate to, it's him. Um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Peterson, I think my thought process is similar to them. So obviously I'm like, oh, okay, they're kind of like me. I gravitate towards them, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think I, I generally gravitate to people that encourage um, the more of the male persona too. Like, you know, more of the, the old school writers of, of more of a, a, grit, a grittiness to them. I like gritty people. Yeah. Because I think that we're losing that sense of grit in the uh, society and becoming softer and uh, I don't know if there's an ultimate plan for that, if it just happened or if the higher ups are trying to, you know, force that into the society. But I think the further we get away from that gritty male, female personality, um, I think we will lose ourselves. That authenticity will, will be lost on a big scale. Yeah. And again, that's just my opinion. Uh, I know there's people that, that differ, but I, I, I think I think I'm fucking right about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Well... What you just said right there is very, very profound, and I don't mean um, all the all the the good jargon prior to you saying, "I think I'm fucking right," mm. because yes, to some degree, that's that's arrogant of somebody to say that, even if I were to say that. But where you're not trying to be arrogant, mm -hmm. it's in the context of what you're saying it, and the context is this is whether you like it or not. This is what I believe. Sure. And that's it. It's and not like, it. you know, you're not saying, fuck you. It doesn't matter what you think or no, I'm right. Like I'm right in this regard because of, because I'm me and I'm right on everything. You know, yeah, that's right, not what yeah. you're saying. You're just saying like, it doesn't matter what you think this is what I think. This is what I think. It truly to my core. That's what I think. And I'll tell you whether you're yelling at me or you disagree with me or agree with me. That's just my truth. And there it is. Like, you know, not, yeah, again, not trying to be egotistic or I'm right. You're right. Everyone has their own truths and backgrounds, but this is what I believe in. Like, I'm willing to tell anyone, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, uh, I like the fact that I like the fact that you do 
want to better yourself. And that's another reason. That's one of the main reasons why I want you on here is because I know that you, you know, you've shared a little bit of your story in the, in the other podcast, but you're a go getter all the time. It's not like you just, you're not okay with just being what you were last year or whatever. And there's a lot of qualities that are attached to that, that make a, the human being, the human being. Mm. So for you, what have been some of those qualities that have kept you or rather put you in the position that you're in? You know, man, I think experiences in life, again, shape you to your point, man, we are moldable still and things that happen to us will change us, you know, better or worse. So obviously, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I try to take every, you know, maybe negative or any experience and try to take some positivity from it, whether it's right away or maybe 10 years from now, you know, thinking back, but um, you know, when my brother died and my mom, my brother died two years ago. And so, and then my mom, she had brain damage from an overdose 12 years ago. So, you know, you see people that you really love and um, cut short, their time's cut short, right? And with so much potential, I mean, I, I know that, you know, you favor your family and you think they're the, the best, but you know, my mom and especially my brother, man, like he was a drug user for 10, 15 years, 20 years, maybe he died at 35. So that gives you a sense. Uh, but he had so much innate uh, sports potential, man, that if he just channeled any of that um, instead of into alcohol, that intensity into sports, he would have been a pro hockey player. Probably. I, that's what I think. Um, and then, you know, with my mom, insanely uh, empathetic, nurturing person, she was a nurse and just getting going in her career. And then that happened. So you see like the, the potentiality of a human, especially that you grew up with and admired and looked up to. Um, you see that time cut short and it's like, dang, man, you really start to feel your time clock ticking. And like as much as we want to feel like we're going to live forever or just deny the deaths coming, it's, it's fucking right behind us, man. So seeing that gave me a, a new perspective to where like, okay, I can go down that path or I can go become all I could be here, try to be. Um, and use this time a lot more wisely than them. So it's, it's the onset of threat, man, threat. right? Totally. Like the threat that keeps you or rather lights a fire under your ass to, to do more and to mm. be more. And a lot of people will look at that as like, well, you're just, you're on a power trip. You want more, you want to do all this. You want to be all this, but why, why, sure. why aren't you? I remember I had a, a gal at, tell me, she was actually, I was sort of dating her, not really. And um, she said, why aren't you just happy? Like with this, like your business, you're st- at the time she's saying studio. Uh, why aren't you just happy? And I said, it's not that I'm not happy with it. Like I'm very grateful and, ha- and happy in air quotes to be here, mm. to be doing this, but it's not my full potential, mm. period. Like you yeah. just have to understand that. But men and women are wired differently. Men are wired to want to become more mm-hmm. and the, have the burden of becoming far more greater on them than I would argue women do. Sure. I'm not saying all women don't have that, but most women are not burdened with the act of becoming something mm-hmm. every fucking day and it beckoning at them. Yeah. Okay. So, so naturally she would say that, but that's my, that's my reply to that. It's like, you don't, I have to become, I don't have to, it's just it's inculcated within me. Like I have to do this and I have to see my full potential. Yeah. Like I just, or, or what, what's the alternative or what? Like you said, there's no alternative, right? For you, there isn't. And I I guess there is in terms of survival. Sure. Like we talked about, like, you know, I get a, 
a nine to five. I could I could go work at McDonald's. Sure. I could go work at a fast food chain, etc. But that's not even in my in my thought process. Yeah. And I would argue that if I allowed it to be there, if I allowed a plan B or a plan C or D, mm-hmm. then I'd likely default to possibly one of those plans. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Just having option A, that's it. Yeah, and option A with like sub A's attached to option mm, yeah, A. Yeah. What are the sub A's? Right. You doing these little little mindless vacuous jobs here and there to support yeah. the vision. Totally. But never let go of the vision. Yeah. Never let go of the vision, right? Exactly. So yeah, doing the sub A's. <laughs> sub What does that even mean? But sub, sub A's, A's. But well, it might be like entrepreneurship but, but like side hustles or little Yeah, little exactly. Yeah, exactly sure. like you were doing, man. Exactly. You're the exact example of what I'm trying to illustrate here. You had the vision of real estate. That's A. That's not changing. However, to allow yourself to survive in real life in yeah. California and pave your put house, food on the put, table, put food dude. in your house, yeah, yeah. and uh, obviously put protein in your system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you needed, uh, you needed to do these sub A's. I don't call them Plan B's, man. Yeah, they're just sub A's, like sub, like sub parcels of what the Plan A is. Sure. Well, that meant you had to do these little odds and end jobs that weren't really crisp, but they were because they're they're helped to cultivate the actual dream and generate more momentum towards doing the thing that he really, really wants to do. And even if it's not more you, you can manifest manifest a more authentic self of whoever the hell you are, more of a you version of the authentic self if you're pursuing that that long-term vision. Like if you're just doing side hustles or something maybe you don't want to do and you know like, oh, I got to do this, but there's no end goal. And then you're gonna like you know burn out and not be yourself. But I found myself being uh, very Chris-like in those things that I didn't really want to do because there was an end goal, you know. So I felt like it was good, man. I mean, the sub A's are were pretty pretty good. You're you're right. You found out, but you were finding out what you're willing to do. Sure. In terms of, and let's just let's just call it what it is. You're willing to downgrade your ego mm-hmm. for a second. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? To be able to create whatever it was that you wanted that was going to lend its hand towards financial freedom and really just, look, a lot of money was in the real estate, marketing, et cetera, but a lot of money is to be made, especially if you know real estate really well and you know the market, et cetera. So you know that that's not, it's not security. It's not like job security. Definitely not. But that risk drives you definitely drives me i mean back against the wall i do i do thrive and then even dude even the financial thing about real estate i didn't even know how the hell people got paid or how much they got paid when i got into real estate it mm-hmm. just felt right when i started going and then i got my first check and i'm like oh this is more than i thought i was gonna make honestly so i really didn't even know how much people got paid like i, I hear the stories of people getting rich but i didn't even know the percentage you got paid it just felt right to where like in the first time in my life i felt like damn this is this feels fucking right well it- the people that are getting rich on real estate, correct me if I'm wrong, most of them are investing in other real estate. Once sure. they get their money, they're not just blowing it on Rolexes and Lambos. They're they're investing in more real estate and then yeah. that money's making money for them. That and you can't get rich doing real estate. If you just so I I always um I've been taught and I always tell new people to treat it like a nine to five job. Going back to nine to five, you know, would you show up to a job late 
Uh, or would you leave early or would you slack off? No, you wouldn't. So just treat it like a nine to five job. So one day it becomes that, that ultimate vehicle of freedom. And the people that have done that, I've seen have done very well. They're you know, very disciplined and a very small amount of people can do that, I find. Um, you know, just to be self-disciplined in that sense. And I struggle with it every day. Sometimes I'm not very good at it. But if I do it 80, 90% of the time, there's, the results will come. And just treat it like a, treat it like a job. That's do you, it. Yeah. Do you think that people get into it because it's like they can make their own schedule? It's funny, man, because people get into it and they work 60 hours a week at a job and they don't like and they're struggling, but they expect to do 15 hours a week in real estate and blow up. I'm like, you know, what is that thought process? You know, I mean, there's a fallacy of real estate that it's easy money. It's the hardest money I've ever fucking made. Is it really? Yeah. F, definitely at first, at least at first. Well, and it's also it's it's like that for any kind of it's in, it's like that for any kind of. I guess entrepreneurial space job. Sure. Like you They've done a lot of studies on this. I'm going to take this to fitness now. So they've done a lot of studies on like how certain people crew their muscle when they're sure. building muscle in, in you know in the space of of bodybuilding, let's say, call yeah. it, right? And they've there's so many different ways to build muscle and you know this, right? There's all these different metrics of hypertrophy to strength to power, et cetera. Like yeah, a lot going slow, on. the eccentric, what, what makes, you know, you grow muscle when you do it, when you slow it in the eccentric, mm. explosive concentrics, et cetera. What they found is when all things are based, even from all the programs, all the different, uh, all the different programming that anybody could be on, what they found with, and this is based on bodies, genetics, et cetera. What they found is that the number of hard reps are the only thing that matters. Yeah. So whether you get there from doing more volume, mm -hmm. but the last reps of the volume are hard reps sure. or in juxtaposition to you doing less volume, more heavier loads yeah. where you get to that hard rep sooner. Like right off the bat. Either way, it's amount, it's because muscles respond to tension. Hmm. And the only thing that's going to create tension is harder reps, more weight, et cetera, more tonnage. Sure. All that accrued together, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, same thing goes for putting in your time to develop a skill. Sure. You need to put in the time. You need to accrue the amount of hard reps it takes mm -hmm. to end up becoming a master at your skill or rather uh, becoming, like in your situation, more financially free. Right. You can't just go in there. Like a guy can't go in there and live for 30 minutes half-ass and expect to have a Chris Bumstead physique after a couple of months. Yeah, right. Like you need to Olympia fucking ready after. Six yeah. Months. You need to, you need to crew these hard reps, man. And so that's yeah. basically to your point of where you're saying it's, it doesn't matter you, but, but what matters is you putting in the work and the effort. Right. And you know, that that's again, just showing up day in, day out and anything in life. If you want to get good at it, I've noticed you got to show up if you feel like shit or if you feel great, right? No matter what, get out of bed and get there. Just, I mean, again, that is part of the battle. It's not half the battle or 90% like people saying there, the battle is in the work. But getting there is a big thing and just, just getting your ass there no matter how you feel. And, um, you know, with that too, that, that being said, to your point, man, I think there's a stages we go through where we suck, we don't know we suck, and then we suck, then we know we suck. But we're like advancing, but it doesn't feel like advancement. And then you get to a point where it's very hard, but you're very competent. Like, you know you're good, but it's like you're, you're in there the whole time trying to remember, oh, do this, do that, do that. And then at a certain point, you're competent subconsciously. And you're just damn good. And you know, you, you, it's just, and people know it too. So, well, yeah, you exude that confidence. People receive it. But the, the way to get there is to just continuously practice it. 100%. Because then it's like, 
you can dispense anytime, anywhere, right when you get out of bed. It doesn't matter. No nootropics in the system. No, no. <laughs> you don't need nothing. Yeah. And you can just decimate people. Not like in the bad way, but you can decimate in terms of how you deliver something, convey something. It's sure. articulated well. Except because this, this stuff is just autonomous now. It becomes autonomous. Autonomous, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I've noticed a difference in you from the last podcast we did seven, eight months, whatever it was, eight months ago, you you seem more confident in your ability to convey something. Sure. Like convey, when I say something, I mean basically everything that we've, like the first couple of minutes talking with you, I could see it. Hmm. It was just, it's nothing that, it's nothing that happens short from just practicing it every day, man. Totally, man. And that's something that, I'm going to I'm going to put a disparaging quotient on your name right now. That's something that reading can't help you with. <laughs> okay. It can't. Yeah, yeah. You may be able to learn a couple of words right and help your vocabulary which helps you to come across as smarter. Sure. But apart from that, you are you, bro. Totally, and man. so the only thing that cultivated that thing out of Chris was the measure of more time. Right. I mean, you look at like someone like yourself who I've seen your ass do like 400 pound good mornings, but there's a new guy who just is like, you know, neuromuscularly, you know, coordinating and trying to balance. But then like yourself, who's put in 50, well, probably 15 years of fitness now and you just do it, man. You you show up and if you feel like crap, it's, you can still lift that weight and you're a genetic freak. I'm not. Yeah, no, you. he is. Do you want to know something, man? I, I'm such an idiot when it comes to working out that I will train, um, this is not good. I will train sick mm -hmm. and I'm not, I'm not pedestalizing this as like you should do or advocating sure. for this, but I train sick. I train, I train when I had COVID. I, tr I fucking train dude. And it's like the, la the unless I am dead yeah. or I can't get out of bed, bro. Or like I got like vertigo and I'm throwing up and shit. Yeah. yeah. Then I will call it out for the day because sure. I, I physically can't go right. and be there without throwing up or feeling lightheaded. Well, then what's the workout at that point, sure. right? But I say all this to say the reason why I do these things sick and mm -hmm. having COVID or whatever. And by the way, um, I didn't know I had COVID and I had COVID. I went to the gym and oh, okay. I, I fucked up, man, because that was not good because mm -hmm. this is the time where we weren't wearing masks or anything. Yeah, got it. And I, I really... Um, I really take that back because that was a stupid thing to fucking do if somebody were uh, immune compromised, et cetera. You know, like, man, it was hard to know it sometimes. I mean, sometimes yeah. you don't even know. I ended up finding out, uh, I mean, I had some symptoms, but I didn't have like symptom symptoms. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but just in the days of like having a sickness or having a cold mm -hmm. or the, even like, you know, the flu or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I might go to my gym and train mm -hmm. apart from people right. so I don't get them sick, but I would still train nonetheless. And the reason why I say all that to say, the reason why I do is because it's important to me. Mm -hmm. It just comes down to simple, a simple metric. Is this important to you or not? If mm. it's not important to you, you're going to find every fucking excuse to say, nah, right. and omit it from the equation. But if it's important, you find everything to go against mm. you not doing the thing. You know, man, yeah, that's such a good point. Like even like a falling apart relationship, like if you're in it, to fucking win it go all the way first place you're gonna you know even if it's bad you're gonna you find ways how it'll you know make it work 
But if you know you, you're you're over it, you find every way to, to leave her or leave him, whatever. So, well, that brings me to the point. You were saying that you got a new relationship now. Yeah, man. So, what's that looking like, bro? <laughs> well, she's Italian, so, and you know, I'm Italian, so we're you know, it's a pretty loud relationship. Cook, uh, cook spaghetti. You get cooking spaghetti. She's <laughs> a good cook, man. So, um, yeah, man. She's uh, actually this is the first time I've dated anyone really substantially younger. So she's 25. I'm 33. So um, it's good, man. I mean. Um, you know, we're still at the phase where it's like, I'm not sure if it's going to work out. Honestly, we've gone through some stuff where it's like, eh, it's testing the waters, you know? So, but we're going to the concert tonight and it's good enough to, you know, be introducing her to the family tonight. So, oh, first her. time. Yeah, dude. Are you, she's probably going to listen to this. So you shouldn't say anything that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything we, we're real authentic, man. Good. That's what good. I like about her. She's, um, you know, we, we've hit things on the head to where it's, it's actually very shocking that she's, she's 25 and has that sort of mindset to where. Um, she's just, she's, she's real. So that's, I, I like that about her, man. Do you remember when I told you years ago that I started dating this 20 year old and I was I like, you told me that man. No, I did. did I you? remember the time in the gym. I remember I said, I remember you, it was remember when the cap machine was right next to the assisted pull up station that was right next to the mirror. Remember oh, that? Yeah, I do. Okay. So when that was that way, I remember you were on the calf machine Okay, and we were talking and the reason why I'm nervous is because you were peeking over the the the, <laughs> the machine, like the white yeah, yeah. part of the machine. And I remember you say, well, I, I mean, I hope, man, I hope it works out, you know. And I was yeah. like pumped on it, you know, because oh, it's a brand sure. new relationship. And this girl was 20. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously it went nowhere. But I was pumped on it in the beginning because she was young, but she was almost too young for me, man. Because sure. I think at that point I was 30, 30 like two or three. Okay. So she was too, she was borderline too young, but I remember we had that comment. I told you about it. And I'm like, yeah, man, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about her to yeah. some degree. You know, if, if I, if I had had the reason why I say it's because you're the way you, I don't think you're scared that she's 25 mm -hmm. and you're like an apprehensive about that because 25 is old enough. Sure. Um, take it from me. That's who's dated people who are not 25. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I envy you hmm. because, and I envy you in the good way. Like I'm applauding you because 25, provided you guys can, you know, amalgamate well, hmm. is a really is a prime age for a, for a female. Sure. She's just getting out of the phase of playing, having fun, getting into the phase of like, oh, I want to meet a man now, wants to settle down, sure. have children. Right. She, I'm assuming she doesn't have children? No. No children. Never been married? Never been married. Never been married. Clean slate, man. Totally. And I say that with respect. Mm -hmm. Like, Respect to her, respect to you, clean yeah. slate. Sure. That's a really good thing. Definitely. And that automatically puts her in the like 1% category Dude, totally. for males like you and I. Yeah. Shit. So that would be a travesty if you could not make it work, bro. Sure, sure. Totally, man. Yeah, I think um, with her, it was almost like at the point where you're, she's transitioning to more of an uh, adulthood life, you know, um, and I was almost like, hey, you know, I don't want to like take you away from your party days if that's what you want to do. But I'm driven. I'm doing this. I'm very work focused. And I, I haven't drank in three years, man. So I'm like, and I just don't do it anymore. I used to. I used to do a lot. 
But um, so yeah, I, I kind of gave her that like freedom, and she's like, no, I, I mean, I, I I like that you're pu- pushing me, pulling me up with you, and and um, she she liked that. So I never want to like take away from anyone that I'm dating their their life that they want to live. You know, that's not the person I want to be, and I don't want someone to do that to me. Yeah. Um, so I, I try to give people freedom. Like this is where I'm at. If you want to roll with me, f- let's go. But if not, then let's not. Yeah, and you don't probably understand it when you're saying it, but that is. That is almost in a sort of a, a loud, in a loud but but silent sense, a leadership quality. Hmm. You're saying because you, not only are you setting an example by being the man that you are, yeah. by leading and and trying to become something which they're going to admire and respect, hmm. but you're also giving her freedom. But nine times out of ten, when the woman is, if the woman is in the correct position in her life, when it seems like she is. Hmm. She's going to almost always go with you sure. because she sees that you're a man of ambition. She sees you're a man of charge. Mm-hmm. She sees you as a man of probably leadership or leader-esque ship, yeah. at least to this point, at this point right now in your relationship. Sure. And those are all qualities that women search for. Mm. So that being the case, she admires you. She respects you. She thinks of you as somebody who could lead her. Sure level her up etc that's what every woman wants i mean i shouldn't say every woman i'm I'm sure there are unicorns that exist in the world Mm -hmm. that wouldn't want that right but come on man but most most women want that yeah most men because that's not naturally what you're able to do with those qualities is provide for her give her security Mm -hmm. safety provision etc you know and i think when you provide those qualities as a man to a woman who's ready for them um, that she can manifest herself truly to where, you know, it, it becomes the empathetic mother or the empathetic, you know, just um, supportive female that I think most guys are looking for. So when you come authentic and, and bring good qualities that maybe you developed or you wish to develop and um, give that to someone, I think it allows, especially the male-female relatio, uh, relationship, almost said fellatio, <laughs> uh, for her to That's do her thing <laughs> So oh, you can shit, tell where my funny. mind's at, but um, <laughs> anyways, fuck, dude, that's funny. Yeah, that went that went sideways, but so anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my gosh! Okay. So anyway, that's what I think, and, and you know, and um, I saw my my mom and dad being like that too. My dad was a great leader, and my mom was just you know she, you you fall into this this motherly role that I think as men is really beautiful to men. Like, dang, that's really like. That's motherly. You know what I mean? So Well, I can tell you this. If she's not there yet, mm-hmm. stick it out with her, man, and mm-hmm. wait about a year or so. Because if she's not there yet, provided you keep being you, sure. she's gonna get there. And it would be it would be a real shame that like I said, I don't know the dynamic between you and her, if it's if you fight, if you don't fight, if it's toxic, if it's not, I don't know. Yeah. But provided that we were living in a a, a cushy world in regards to you and her, mm-hmm. your 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 dynamic wait it out if she's not there yet man yeah. because that she will get there and you're just gonna you're just gonna instantiate yourself with her the more and more she sees you leveling up and you providing that leadership quality to her and she's gonna respect and admire you even more so even and and by the way you set these standards so this one of the standards is that you don't drink yeah Right. Or you don't, you don't party like you used to, you know, et cetera. Sure. You may think that's not what 
the counterpart wants in you. Like you think that she wants to like, you know, party with you and all that shit. And I'm sure there are days when she thinks that I'm not sure, but she's not here to defend her point. So I don't want to, you know, <laughs> say things, put words in her mouth, but more often than not, if that woman is accepted or is accepting the fact that you're holding her accountable, yeah, then that's something that she's going to gravitate more to as well. Because mm. Who in her life is going to put accountability on her, responsibility on her? Sure. And that's not a tyrant thing or a tyrannical no, thing. It's just you being a leader. Mm. And that's a being a good leader. You placing accountability on somebody. Look, when you have a job, your mm -hmm. boss places accountability on you to be there on time. Right. So it's no different. No different now. Right? So it's not, again, not to be conveyed as tyrannical. It's just you setting standards on her because you set standards on yourself. Sure. But that's a leadership quality, man. Man, I think speaking of sub A's, bro, you might be like a relationship coach or something. Oh my god, Dude, I'm it, none of the none of the sort. Man. <laughs> Dude, that felt pretty good, man. Like you've done this before. Uh, look, I think it's if anything comes from experience, and it's sure. just and reflection. Yeah, and yeah. not reading. Reflection, dude. And not reading. So, I might add. I don't mean to. <laughs> look, I, I tease you about that. Was, I tease yeah. you about that. But the only thing that I'm not saying that people don't. You're a very smart, man. And you're very wise and you're very reflective. And that's one of the things that I've really, really grown to admire about you. I I know where you got it from makes sense now mm -hmm. because your father was that way. And sure. you're not better than your father. I'm not better than my father. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even if we we become more wealthier, yeah. more financially free than our parents, mm -hmm. we're not better. And we'll never correct me if I'm wrong, we'll never think that we're better. Like you will never think that you're better than your dad ever. Ever. Ever, dude. Ever, not gonna happen. Because you respect your dad. Totally. Because he's the fucking leader. Right. Right? Okay. So, I'm I'm not saying that, like, I tease you about these little things here and there. Yeah. But, and I know we got it, and I'm not teasing you in, in the disparaging sense. Mm -hmm. It's just, I also think that with people that have your caliber that reflect like you do and uh, immerse themselves in such deep thought and deep conversation, I don't think you need that mm -hmm. component i don't think it necessarily even makes you that much better mm -hmm. it might make you better in terms of vocabulary mm -hmm. but and it, you might pick up little golden nuggets here and there we all sure. do i sure. do that i get gold nuggets from fucking tiktok sometimes man yeah right however the overarching theme to me or to um to the way that i navigate myself is essentially predicated on my experiences what data i've collected and how I can reflect in a unbiased regard towards those experiences. And that's hard too, to mm. become separate from what I've experienced. Cause there's obviously emotional tethers to whatever I have experienced. Yeah, absolutely. So being able to, to disconnect from that is huge. But yeah, that being said, you, sometimes it's all it takes is you just reflecting more and absorbing more and being able to articulate mindfully how these things affected you and perhaps how you could circumvent or circumnavigate the situation in a better regard, not only for you, but for somebody else. And I mean, naturally I have a proclivity to think that way when it comes to, I guess me, my circumstances, my situation, I haven't always been that way, mm. but, or I, I think I have been, but it's never been articulated well or rather understood or illustrated well 
until I got older, hmm. you know, because obviously naturally we, we mature and grow wiser, etc. Sure, but sure. I can tell you that reading makes me would make me worse because hmm. I've done it and I've and I've listened to so many people. Like when I see so many people, I mean like two, yeah, and a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. And I started to realize I'm becoming like this person, hmm. and that doesn't sit well with me. Well, it probably drives you nuts because I you've told me before, and I saw it on the la- one of the last podcasts. I think it was I forget which one it was, but you you said you're constantly grading yourself, right? Like you know, in conversations or at the gym or in you know any experience really. So to to be grading yourself, it probably was torturous. I mean, I would assume. Yeah. 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 Okay. So grading myself is something that that's almost, that's almost of, that's an imperative quality for me, at least. Um, I need that because Mm. if I don't, then I'm not held accountable. Hmm. It's just an accountability. It's another metric to grade account or it's another metric for accountability. Sure. So, but it's also very stressful and, and can be strenuous at the same time because you're not accepting you're not accepting a lot because you're grading more than you're accepting. If that makes sense. It does. And I think, I think you're allowing the, like, we all feel like we're not enough, right? I mean, we're always trying to measure up and get and growing and become, unless you're just living a life where you totally deny that. And that's self-destructive. But it, it, that, that feeling of being not enough is good. I think, because it drives you right to yeah. become more. But I think you've given the freedom of that feeling to be pretty present in your life, which is, I think what a, a very good quality about yourself because you use it to your benefit a lot. It sounds like a lot all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I do, man. I just, there are a lot of days that I think what a, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> um, B I need to be doing something that's more laborious mm. to, to accrue more, um, and not wait for mm for an opportunity to present itself even though that's what this entire life is predicated on is your opportunities right. you get opportunities when you're good enough but how do you become good enough sure. well you got to keep practicing and you got to keep putting in your time and putting effort effort times the time will equal the result but mm-hmm. it's or equal rather the opportunity but if you don't do those things if you don't put first the time in then you'll have never have an opportunity, but everyone gets an opportunity. It's just to what extent is it opportunity Mm -hmm. and when is it going to come? But that's all of us. I mean, you had, you had to obviously learn about real estate and be able to, to be able to become enough to take the test and then take the test. Well, then that presents opportunity of getting that job for the, for the team, for the, um, what do you call it? A brokerage brokerage. Um, but you, that was the opportunity. That was one opportunity for you. Right. But that had to come from you putting in the effort Mm -hmm. and the, and the education, the time that it took to learn shit to then get there. So I guess what, what are you willing to, how much time are you willing to take to get towards that opportunity, get closer to that opportunity? Cause it's not a matter of if the opportunity, this is the problem. I think with most people, they think, what is that? What if that opportunity doesn't even happen? What Hmm. if you die tomorrow, man? You can't. You can't gauge this life on what ifs. Uh-huh. You can, but then you will just end up probably 
coiling up into a nothing mm. and then just living a life full of this in despair yeah. and de- depression, etc. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's obviously not going to be you. So what's the alternative? The alternative here is for you to keep doing the thing that you find value in, even mm. if it doesn't support anything monetarily right now, mm-hmm. because you know, it's just a matter of time. Even if it takes you 25 years and you get the opportunity after 25 years, okay, still a matter of time. Sure. So if you're continuing to living, if you're continuing to live, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do something that that has a reciprocity factor of value in place in you every single time you do it? Right. And so it's just a matter of time, but you have to put towards effort, you have to put out rather effort and practice in the pursuit of the opportunity. That's mm-hmm. the only thing to get you there, man. Yeah, man. And to your, your point, everyone gets an opportunity. It's, uh, are you ready for it? And obviously, you know, it'll show you if you're ready for it. I mean, I've had opportunities come to me and fucking flop. And okay. You, you know what I mean? Go, I, go on that. So what opportunity did you have that you thought you were ready for that, about, that you just, you weren't? Oh man, I got, so uh, I had a big listing presentation. So that's what they call it. when you're, you're trying to show uh, the client, potential client, why you're the one to list their property, right? And so it was a property on about 100 acres, huge, but 5,000 square foot house, ocean view, things like that. And I went in there like thinking I can just charm the pants off of them and get the listing and, and not really prepare, prepare that much. I mean, I don't know. It was like an egotistical, still didn't know that I sucked, but I really sucked. But I went in and there was these guys that were very, very wealthy and they, they pummeled my ass. I mean, like they, they went so fast for me that my fucking head was spinning. In what way? And into where like, hey, show me this, show me that. Are you are you do you, are, do you have this? Like, show me this. Like numbers, just you know, I, there was I was so unprepared. And it was so evident, so quick that I I almost wanted to leave work and just go home and just like not be there that day. Like I, I don't even want to get my reps in. I was so like it was like degrading as a man, really. I'm like, and and that made me never want to feel like that again. Yes. And a lot of it too was my fault because I didn't, I let them dictate when the meeting was instead of me preparing and being really on top of it. That's what I learned, which I'm trying to dictate when I set my meetings now. Like if Justin, you're ready to list your house. Hey, let's go right now. Hey man, I would love to, but I would do a disservice to you because I wouldn't be prepared. Um, Can we do it tomorrow for, you know, whenever. So that's what I learned for sure. And and again, running your own business too. I mean, a lot of times you have dinner ready with your family and you can't just, just, flake on the dinner i mean what's more important but again but just being ready for the opportunity and um pushing it out maybe a little bit next time but anyways so these people that were listing the house were the ones that were wealthy and they were were talking to you asking about all these numbers yeah yeah zoom like three of the three or four guys that were very wealthy it was a zoom meeting zoom oh if it were not a zoom meeting yeah that would have been far worse far worse oh my gosh far worse And so anyways, that was about a year and a half ago when I I first kind of started getting the hang of real estate. And I went from like maybe listing $700,000 properties to this one would have been about three or four. Um, And, you know, lost the opportunity. And looking back, dude, if you would have just prepared, that would have been life changing money instead of going in there like, hey, I can just get this. You know, like, I don't even know why I thought it. But anyways. Ego. That's why you thought it, man. ego. And you thought, because I've been doing this for like, what, half half a year at that point? Sure. Well, I'm kind of getting good at it for half a year, <laughs> right? At a very lower level. Not saying you know. Anyway, so yeah, like you think like you can run with big dogs at that. I'm point. I'm like, I got this, bro. <laughs> and then also, you have, you don't have a leg up in the regard of looking like your experience because right. you're young looking. Sure. So it's like, 
well, you are young, period. So it's like you walk in there and these people think you can't handle this. Right, right away. Like, who do you think you are? If you had came in person, uh-huh. it had been far worse for you, bro. <laughs> far worse. I can only Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> dude. It would have been like you would have you would have gotten red in the you probably already got red in the face oh, on yeah, camera. Totally red. You got red there, they would have been yeah. able to pick up your body language and they would just you would have got crippled, Dude, bro, in front of them. Totally crippled. Because that's happened to me when I first started personal training. You did it really? Oh my gosh! Shoot, man. I had a um, story time. I had so when I f- first started training, uh, this is probably like 2010 or so. I got nobody knows about this shit except for like my very like my mom and and dad and uh, my girlfriend at the time. Um, I was on this reality show to mm. do personal training. Well, they were we were filming the pilot. Yeah. And one of the tests was to was to give workouts to random people okay. based on a five-minute conversation you had with them Whoa. previously. Yeah. And it was supposed to be centered around what they could endure based on their limitations they gave you. Okay. So one thing I overlooked – and I didn't even hear. Yeah. <laughs> and and by the way, I don't think that I was that advanced where I would even have known how to work around sure, it sure. back then. Yeah, yeah. But one person had a rotator cuff issue. Uh-huh. And one of the things I had this person do was battle ropes. Okay. And – or no, they had impingement, a shoulder impingement. That's what it was. Got it. Okay. So when they go to do – so I they're filming us do these workouts with these people. Mm-hmm. The master trainer is overseeing the entire operation. Okay. I then sit down with the master trainer for a interview. Yeah. And this is all being documented, filmed. And, and he, says, he says to me, he says, so wasn't one of the issues that such and such had a shoulder impingement? Yeah. Why would you have them do battle ropes when they have an impinging shoulder? And I, and at the time, I didn't even know what shoulder impingement was. Okay, got it. Like, what the fuck? And that, and I said, impingement? What do you, I said, impingement where? He's, yeah. And Later today, I know that he didn't know as much as he thought he knew. He says there's only impingement. There only can be impingement in one area of the body. It's the yeah. shoulder. Well, now I understand it to be there's hip impingement as well. Like sure. osteotibular joint right here in your hips. Uh-huh. That could be that could get impinged. But there, he was just talking about for purposes of the shoulder. Uh-huh. Okay, so he was grilling me on this, and it was being filmed. And I know he has there's a level of grilling that has to take place because of the camera sure but that made me feel like fucking three inches tall man oh, I bet, man. and but then again i thought i was this hot trainer sure for stepping on the scene like i can do anything yeah shoot i mean young kid in hollywood about on a pilot not not the not what it was bro and, yeah, yeah. and i mean that's what i thought sure that's not how it played out and i got a reality check real quick but it's those reality checks that help you to level up, man. Sure. And the only people that give you them mm-hmm. typically are society and other males. Like society will mirror to you where you're lacking yeah. or the market or whatever, depending on if you're selling something or what have you. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you where you're fucking up mm-hmm. and or males. Sure. The societal aspect of things, marketing if you're selling something and or males will tell you where you're fucking up, man. And this guy told me, Look, even if I had been perfect, he would have found something yeah, because something. it was TV. Sure. And he's in a he's in a grill me on something. But that made me look fucking stupid. Yeah, right. And at that point, I didn't know if this pilot was gonna air and it was gonna be a big thing or yeah, not. So right. I'm thinking like 
motherfucker. I'm I'm like looking at him and my eyes are speaking motherfucker to him, you know? Yeah, yeah. And but I just put my toe between my legs and walk off the set sure. and I just go home. But I didn't stop. I just yeah. kept going, right? That's just a bump in the road, but you're going to get a dose of reality probably multiple times in your ventures. Sure. Provided they're important enough to you, you keep going, man. And that's really, there's really no other advice to give anybody. It's right. just, you have to keep going. If it's important enough, you will. Cause if it's important enough. Yeah. Look, man, food is important and you keep doing what you have to do to make fucking money to buy food to eat because sure. living is important to you. So if this thing is like living, if this thing is analogous to living right. then you'll keep doing it, whatever it takes to keep doing it, whatever it takes. Yeah, just think. I mean, if it wasn't that important to you, you wouldn't be here right now, man. I mean, you, if if you just gave up, we wouldn't have your podcast or you wouldn't have trained hundreds of maybe thousands of people now. Who knows, bro? Maybe I would um done something better. I don't know. But this is my path. This is the path right. that, I've, that I've carved. Mm-hmm. And I intend on taking it to the extent and seeing where it's going to go. Apart from that, what's the alternative? What's the alternative, right? Man, thanks for sharing, dude. This- but – that just goes to show that, and I guarantee you that I'm going to get checked more in my life mm. from this point on. I'll still get checked. I'm sure, man. Right, right. Because there will be a point where I think I'm ready and I'm not ready. And I think that the only thing I levy on is, look, even when you're good enough, and you get the opportunity, you still might flop. But provided you're not getting the opportunity yet, you mm. haven't got the call yet. You haven't got that million dollar email yet. You haven't got that life changing person to reach out to you yet sure it doesn't mean it's not coming just because it hasn't happened might just be the thing to tell you that you're not ready yet even when you think you're ready Uh that's if you're spiritual or you believe in god that's god's way of saying chris justin you're not ready yet the the trials and tribulations man i mean biblical speaking and you know my my stepmom's super spiritual lady man she told me lately because i i kind of burn out lately like i went to her and i'm like hey i'm kind of like fucked up right now like you know because I, I don't know what it is but whatever it is me and her i can talk to her about anything she's the homie but um she's just like hey you know it's god's way of telling you you're not ready to maybe get to that next level yet or you need to rest or you need to do something different temporarily to get over this hump and i'm like dang you're right like as much as it sucks to hear that like maybe you're right like i've been going hard for three years non-stop right and sometimes we hit a wall and we don't want to, especially as men, we're like, no, I'll just fucking rip through that wall. Um, so, you know. But three years to you mm-hmm. is a long time. Three years to me, a year to me is a long time. Sure, sure. That's 365 days of doing the same thing, you know, providing take weekends off, let's say 340 days a year or whatever yeah. it is. You do the same thing, man. Right, right. Or Groundhog Day every day. Every day. No real vacations, really, man. Right. Especially, uh, the only vacation I've taken is going to business conventions. That's it. And that may be, so that to you or I is a lot of time. A lot of time, yeah. But to God, the creator of the universe, it's, and I know that's nebulous to say the creator of the universe, but just for for purposes of the conversation, Mm -hmm. it's like, look, there is an overarching entity that watches over. That's what I believe. Even if I can't describe it, define it, et cetera, I don't care. We believe, I believe in that. And so that that is that measure essentially is is saying to us look man you don't you don't you're not you're equipped mm-hmm. and you think you put in a lot of time right 
But a lot of time to you is nothing is a blip for me. And what I'm saying is you need to keep doing this for maybe 12 more years. Sure. But because you think you're refined enough now to go through whatever opportunity I give you and, and make it out, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you're not. You're not. And so you, I know three years, one year, this seems like a lot of time, sure. but to me it's a blip. And if you can only understand that from 30 to 40, it'll feel like a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But from 40 to 90, when you die, you're going to be in a different position and you're, and nobody's going to be able to take that position from you because right. you created it. Sure. Right. But it's, but that's not, that's why you have to, at some point you have to get numb. You have to get numb to the days to, 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 to the pursuit of Groundhog Day every day. Uh-huh. You have to get numb to it. The only way you're going to ever make yourself into anything is by adopting numbness to whatever pursuit mm. you're in, man. And that seems like a negative. No, that's a good thing. Because when you become numb, you're just on fucking autopilot. And you just do and do and do and do. And then all of a sudden, one day, something different happens or something changes in your life. An opportunity presents itself. A person that's a life changer comes in your life and presents something to you that you wouldn't be able to accrue on your own. Something like that will happen. But it's a matter of time, man. Mm. You just have to put in your reps yeah. and you have to you have to get numb to the actual pursuit. I would argue that's the only way for you to make it out of this thing because otherwise you'll be in your fucking head mm-hmm. all the time, every day, and that's only going to draw you further and further away yeah, sure. from the thing that you want to really create or do. Totally, man. Guys in the gym, most guys are pussies. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you this. Most guys train on the fucking cables hmm. when they're a buck fifty, no muscle. Yeah. Why the fuck are you doing cables? Right. You need to get your ass on that squat rack. You need to get your ass on that bench press. You need to deadlift some weight like my man Chris here, repping out five forty five like it's fucking nothing. You need to do that shit, man. And you need to do that shit before you go to the cables and do your fucking tricep isolated extensions. Sure. No. You're 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 conflating the minutia. With the fucking macro here. Hmm. The macro is you develop a base. Yeah. And that takes years to develop the base. Man. You're wasting so time, bro. And the only... Look, I'm 13... No. I started training seriously in 2009. Yeah. I am that many years invested into this thing. And I still do compounds every fucking day. Yep. Every day. Yep. That's 90% of my workouts compound movements, dude. Sure. Still the base. You're still building. Still the basics, dude. You, you think that your 160 pounds soaking wet ass yeah. can grab can can go above me in that regard and now you're better right. than what I'm doing with and dude cables and shit, do the easy shit. You haven't even you haven't even you haven't accrued that level yet. And even if you have, you understand the metrics of success that are tethered to the compound movements, and that's why you keep doing them. Hmm. Dude, so true, man. And you just become more of a pussy, bro. They become more of a pussy when they're trying to feel the tricep on the extension. <laughs> feel the... <Dude>. Pussy! <laughs> Get your ass and do some skull crushers. Yeah, right. Do some dips. Like, you're... Damn. you're, you're, just, you're just, And so you're just... More so than anything, you're... What's the word I want? You're... You're... Pussying yourself into more of a, more of a, a lesser state than you could be, man. Sure. Like you're just doing that by doing this small shit. So 
become numb to the hard shit and just keep doing it face down keep fucking walking man i think that's the title of the show what numbness numbness i think numbness it, man, it's true man bro and, and and ultimately you see that when people don't appreciate the foundation phase and jump right to roids and then you, you see them going hard they're aggressive for like a year then you never see them again it's like i think you're you're totally right man if you become numb to the process accept the fact that you need to build the foundation and no matter how fucking long it takes and i think it's almost like a delusional quality like i can't look at tomorrow because i'm gonna i might go off the path if i look at tomorrow the same way as oh fuck it's gonna be the same day um that diverts you for sure i totally agree with you man or it can potentially be substantially you know it could be a downfall yeah anything in life that you were trying to pursue long term like it's it's good to think about it's good to reflect and i do that often sure but with but it doesn't impart itself as more superior than the act of doing the thing sure every single day and if that requires me to be numb to the process yeah and to just do and facilitate and build on the archive, then I'll do it. There you go. You have to, man. It's a, it's a, it's an imperative thing to adopt, and it's hard. But it just when you've done this so many times, it just ends up becoming it. That's what it ends up becoming. Have you ever sat there with um, a barbell and just curled the barbell like for a hundred reps? Yeah, dead the hard okay. rope challenge. Yeah, okay. for sure, something like that. Have you ever done that with bench press? No, more like biceps or pull downs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I've done it with a few things. I've done it with leg press too. Okay. Where I st- I I do uh, a matter of whatever weight for an entire song. Uh-huh. Right. I just put a song on play. It's like four minutes, and I just leg press. Yeah. For the entire four minutes, mm-hmm. right? At some point, everything becomes everything you were trying to once work. Yeah. Now it's not working. It's all ancillary muscles sure. that are working in 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 sort of support to get whatever weight up that you're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, right. What happens to the primary muscles at that point? They become numb to the stimulus. Sure. They're just work, they're still working, uh-huh. but you can't feel them because they've just kind of exited the stimulus. Right. You get to the point in that specific set. Where now the set is analogous to your pursuit where you are only doing what it takes to get the number now, to sure. get the number up. Right. You're not focusing on the muscle. The muscles actually become numb. It's kind of dormant to mm-hmm. some degree. Although it's still contracting, yeah. elongating, and shortening, it's not it's being done. felt. The stimulus is done. Sure. It's otherwise numb. That's what we have to be in our pursuit for whatever we're doing. We can't just focus on the 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 uh instant gratification of the stimulus Mm -hmm. every single day because that's not likely going to be the case every day you just have to focus on the end result the end result is getting this shit over with right and in the process to get this shit over with or rather the opportunity that comes you're gonna have to become numb to the process totally man it's it's a robotic process for sure well that's what you're in right now man that's what you're doing whether you want to like whether you want to receive it or admit it to it or not, that's what is going on with you because if it weren't, you would have stopped this a long time ago because there are a lot of things that could have took taken you out. Totally. But now you have a different drive and it's evident in the way you speak. You've obviously come, you obviously refined yourself in terms of that position in real estate and it's only gonna get better. And even in the attempt of it getting better, which it will, you're gonna have days where you're gonna slide back. Yeah. But 
the in in juxtaposition, good days or days that you're you keep propelling forward, and days that you're like, "Fuck, man, what am I doing?" Sure, they're so minuscule, man, and they just take a back seat in that regard because it's more important for you to continually climb and worry about the pursuit rather than get hung up on these little trips. Right, man. And I think it's finding something like that enough in your life to where, you know, the imposter syndrome. Oh, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be in this. Who, who the fuck am I to be doing this? To like, I don't know, man, sub, uh, make that in the background so much or just, again, deny it. I think there's denial in, in business or anything long-term you're trying to pursue. Denial to the point where it's like, I'm just not going to let the negative divert me, man. And I think that's a big thing. Just it, it, as mad, bad as denial really is in real life, I think it can be cultivated in business a little bit to uh, deny the, the negative voice or the, the attack or the enemy, if you want to call it too. Well, what drives you to keep doing it? Yeah, just uh, you ask me that or in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, financial freedom, man. Just one day being good and, and uh, being able to enjoy fully, fully without having to think about finances, my family, my friends, my experiences. So, is there anything like, um, so I guess the, the provisionary aspect, right? Mm-hmm. So, that I guess that, that kind of arches over everything because if you're able to provide, you're able to provide for not only you, your parents, your, your, the family you create, right? Um, yourself. Is that the main, that's the main thing then? Main thing. The financial freedom aspect. Main thing. And I think it has to be uh, connected to something other than yourself because we can only get so far. But if you notice that the things you do in life that you really do with aggression and drive, it always has to do with people outside of yourself that you, that you care yeah. about. I think so. Yeah. And um, I think when there's with selfish pursuit, you'll burn out. Yeah. 100%, man. A lot of people do the selfish thing because they think it's naturally what they should do. Sure. And it's what they, it's what maybe they eat, live and breathe for, let's say a season of their life. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be, it's going to, it's a flame that's going to fizzle out very, uh, very abruptly on them. Right. It's like you doing something for somebody else, like even in the even in the rare occasion that you might compliment somebody, mm-hmm. right? Because us as men, we don't typically compliment other <laughs> yeah. men, right? So when that happens, yeah. it's a rare occasion. When you do, you feel you feel different about yourself. Yeah, definitely. You almost feel more elated and more uh, evolved to some degree, <laughs> yeah. you know? But when you're doing something that you know other people are going to benefit from, not people just in the interim of you doing it based on whatever benevolence your pursuit carries and will – lend its hand towards other people in the, you know, in the, in the process of you doing it, but for people that are going to benefit from you outside when the, when, when everything is all said and done, when you're like an Ed Milet sort of thing, you know what I mean? Like right. where you can extend massively graciously yeah, to yeah. lots of people, so you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and by the way, that your family is in the forefront, you doing it for them, that driving factor, I'd argue that that's, that has to be there, man. And yeah. unless you're, like I said, a dark triad person, sure, narcissistic, Machiavellian, or psychopathic, you're gonna have to adopt. That is the that is the driving mechanism for you to make it one day. Yeah, you know the 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 advent of other people benefiting, man, and people that are close to you, totally benefiting, close to you, and then like you're saying, ultimately further out because. I think, you know, again, I, I agree with, I believe in God too. I mean, definitely more so now than probably ever, 
But I, I think we're all connected in the sense that we're all, we're all little pieces of the, the whole. And once you affect someone like that, it, it, does, it percolates out. And I think you can feel it. Like you're saying, you feel a little elated the more you help people. And, you know, it does feel like almost like a, kind of like you're a bitch if you feel like that. But it also feels like you're evolving too. Like, oh, you know, the old me wouldn't have done that. I would have just worried about Chris or Justin, right? You know, and, but it, it is an evolutionary process to where it's like, you know, you're becoming more and you're affecting more. And, and I don't know, man, I think it's just good when you when you start to do that, you find something that you can start doing that, that through. And then ultimately you feel like, you know, the true you. Yeah. And that's important. And some people don't ever get the opportunity to experience the true them because they're just worried about the here and the now and making ends meet. Right. And that's okay. And that's to some degree you have to do that. You have to. Yeah. But I always say this, you can't let the vision or the dream fizzle out with regards to the the overwhelming voices of you trying to just stay above bar you know sure, what i mean like sure. so that means you have to lend time to the things that you really 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 that really embody who you are because let's let's face it you going to your let's say you have a a, a basic nine to five where you you know sell paper sure well that's probably not embodying who that person is right. entirely right uh-huh. does it make up their character to the umpteenth degree right but right. if they were to and if they were to dismiss or even discount what what particular vision that they have or things that they dream about and yep. they could build it as a reality but it's going to take them time and, and and effort and energy to do so if they just dismiss them or discard them fully they think that that's the right thing to do because it's logical. Mm-hmm. Because what makes sense is putting the effort and the time into the things that are making me money. Right. Well, the other things are going to make me money. Yeah, but that other thing could build a, a, an extension of your character sure. and really be of utility to people that would never uh, be able to experience you otherwise. And you wouldn't have that understanding that that could be the case if you don't immerse yourself in this specific avenue towards that vision or dream that you want to create. Yeah. But it's going to take time. And that's why you can't, that's why I come a circle, full circle back to the fact that you can't think about the thing, man. You just have to become numb to it and just do it all the time. Numb to it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And and just ultimate life fulfillment too. I mean, you know, even though we're numb to this stuff, what we're doing yourself, I'm sure you're numb to this. You do this twice a week for what? We got 400 episodes or close to now. 300 you'll be three like 49 or something that's insane bro that's so much but for you to become numb but it's also a fulfillment process i would uh believe because i see the real like the real justin comes out especially like 20 minutes in you clicked and that was it dude you locked in and to see that that part of you is really cool man because you know ultimately we're looking in life to you know know, for pleasure right i mean pleasure to be fulfilled i mean we want to be fulfilled out of life any human being wants more fulfillment. And even though you're numb, I see you fulfilled by this to where the numbness is worth it. Thank you for that, dude. And you're right. Like I, I can't put an, uh, I can't quantify it or put a, a, a metric on it, but it is definitely is fulfilling in a way that I can't really describe. Mm. And then, and look, I don't know where this is going to take me. I sure. don't know if it's going to take me anywhere, but I know that there's something that the universe can't deny mm. And that's me putting in my time, my reps, my practice. You cannot deny me if I have so much in the archive. You just can't. 
I'll become relevant as a byproduct of the time that I've put forth into this and the effort and the guests that I've had and the conversations that I've had, et cetera, all the hours of accrual, you won't be able to deny me. I'll be undisputable in that regard, even if it comes into nothing or it goes into nothing. You can't deny that with people. They put in the time. Mm -hmm. You cannot deny that the fact that they are not relevant as a course of them putting in time sure. and putting in their effort and accruing something of of measure. Right. Even if it even if it lends its hand to nothing, you cannot dismiss what they've accrued. No, you can't. You cannot dismiss the archive. If I take you into my house and I have an entire room full of trophies of yeah. bodybuilding shows that I've won, which doesn't exist. However, if that is the case, but nobody knows me in the mainstream media, sure, you can't deny that room littened with fucking trophies mm-hmm. and what it took for me to accrue each and every one of those trophies. Yeah, You can't deny that. Ever. I'm undisputable in that regard. And for that reason, that makes me relevant for purposes of bodybuilding, sure. right? So if I accrue for purposes of the convo, the podcast... If I accrue so many podcasts, mm-hmm. so many conversations, so many people telling their stories on here, dispensing with very, very bountiful information for people, for other people to use and excel from, yeah. you can't deny that. It's there in front of you. It's almost like imprinted on the on the, the on time. Like it is universe. You know what I mean? It is. It's imprinted there to where you etch something in that will never go away. Whether it, it influences millions or not, but it, it's it's sketched, it's etched into the 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 fucking sand sets of time. I believe that's the word. Right, and then in, in the pursuit of you trying to accrue the archive, mm-hmm. you will become relevant in for in so far as people to that locate who you are on whatever spot of metric or ever, any platform. Yeah, you'll be relevant with them, and if nothing happens, well, you'll still have that relevancy. You'll still have that undeniable understanding of look i did all this this is all and in the process you're going to cultivate a better you it just can't help but be the case totally you just can't if i i'm now better because i had this conversation with you if i didn't have the conversation and i just did my normal saturday shit yeah i would have been less you gotta understand that man so that is a benefit to me it's a Mm. benefit to you it's a benefit to people that are listening and Mm. and gonna view this or rather listen to it on spotify or apple it's gonna be a benefit to them if it didn't happen i would be less Mm. and worse as a result because if i'm not moving forward i'm moving backwards makes sense man so i guess i mean what's the motivation you know we talked about my motivation what's yours man like what is you know you what are you doing this for what's your end goal I can't I can't say it on here, bro, because I'm because people listen that I don't want them to hear. People are listening that I don't want to listen, hmm. but they listen by by default because they're very close to me. Sure, they listen to every podcast, yeah, or most. And I'm afraid that if they listen to this one mm-hmm. and I say what the ultimate goal is on here, yeah. they'll know. And this is something that. I'm working on to to be able to surprise them with hmm. in the future. You know, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot there. But, uh, all right. Well, you got to tell me afterwards, man. Yeah, I will. You know, that shit fires me up, man. People's vision and, and their why. Because it, it, it stokes your why, too, ultimately, man. It's like, man, this that's cool. He's doing this for that. I'm doing for that. You know, just 
it, it, it re-sparks the, the embers, you know what I mean? I will say this. Uh, one thing that I would like to be able to do is not think about money. Mm. And so when I say not, that's not the impetus behind this. Sure. That is the, that is the impetus behind this was the fact that I like to divulge therapeutically. Mm. And that's essentially what I'm doing here. I'm divulging with shit therapeutically. I was doing it in my solo sessions. Sure. And I do with, with, with people like yourself. Yeah. Um, and I find value in that. Sure. Now, when it, when it, or if it becomes monetarily handsome, that's just a byproduct on whatever, on whatever pretense this is, or mm. rather this is the pretense of whatever that, that, you know, it's going to result in, in terms of money in the future. Sure. But just because it may not be there yet, it doesn't mean I'm going to not do it. And because I, this, this not only equips me, but it builds competency in me and that competency builds confidence. Hmm. And that's how I navigate my life. Hmm. I mean, if I'm not confident, I can't do really anything. Sure. So, and the more confident I am, the better I do with things, no matter what I touch, no matter what. So that's the, the driver, so to speak, but the end product or the end result, I want to, I want to be able to affect people in ways that, they would never be able to be that they would never experience that touch mm. from anybody else from like in terms of in terms of the well i just say it, the act of giving sure and being able to do things that like i have a really big passion for uh, animals so dogs Got more it. importantly and I would love to start a nonprofit, and one thing I will do is start a nonprofit for shelter to, to obviously take in dogs that have no homes or yeah. being beaten or abused or battered, and put them into a shelter Got and it. give them give them a home. That's something that I and obviously you can call like a, a sort of like a pound situation or whatever, but it would there be no money derived from it. It okay. would just but I need to be so well off. Well, that doesn't well even though if that's a bleeding stream sure. of money, it's okay. I don't care. Yeah, you know, man, I think contribution is like the ultimate form of happiness man when you tie that in it's like things change like on a cellular level uh-huh you know like and to your point man i think get to that point where you can do that and not even have to worry about it if it does become a bleeding source and and that becoming a big part of your existence dude that's that's cool man yeah well that would be one thing that i would love to do and the other obviously there are more things but like i said for purposes of people listening mm -hmm. um i can't allow that cat out of the bag yet because that's something that that's been something that i've been mindful of for the last mm, seven years got it man like every day i think about that every day, every really? day no multiple kidding. times throughout the day i think about and it's now just imparted itself as a part of my conscious man. it's imparted itself as part of my conscious that thought i don't have to say shit i don't yeah. have to write it out anymore uh -huh. i used to write it out all the time got every it. morning i don't have to do that anymore because it's imparted on my conscious i think about it it's autonomous now yeah, it's almost like you're creating the new neural waves in your mind where it's just yes. that's you now. Yes, like 100%. Imprints in your brain. Yeah, and I'm sure you do the same thing. Anybody that's successful, man, mm -hmm. and on, or rather even on their way to success sure. does that. They may not know how to articulate it or they understand it yeah. in, full, in, 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 in full respect, but that's what they do. Yeah. They have to constantly feed themselves these thoughts, these understandable, these understanding thoughts, and rather, even if they might be delusional in the beginning sure. or because... Nobody in their family has done that. Mm -hmm. If nobody in my family has done that, 
I'm going to be the first in my family to ever do it. Sure. And I'm going to be the one to fucking break the cycle yeah. to let people know that that's not just this. It's not owning a business is great. Owning multiple businesses is great, mm -hmm. but doing this and being at this level is still somewhere that you could be. Sure. But that's not the thing that drives me. The thing that, the thing that ultimately, I guess I, the only thing that drives me is the main thing is that, that, thought that I'm gonna tell you off mic and parted to why I'm doing this man and, and to, to so I mean really man what you're you're saying is is so cool dude because you you're trying to create generational change because like you can't live Justin's not gonna live forever but you can create something that lineage wise will roll and roll and roll and it, it could start with you like your kids or grandparent kids don't look back and be like yeah you know because grandpa did it you know maybe I can do it too and, and changing that generational lineage, man, to the positive is crazy cool. Well, and it will lend its hand towards just a, a, an ex extrapolation sort of effect with the other people, with, with my kin or their kin, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Like it did sure. with, like it, it started with your dad with you, man. Like your dad didn't come from the best upbringing, right? Right, right. So he wanted to change himself. That's and right, so he did, And so then you you obviously complimented that or you either are complimented from that and now you're taking it in different avenues. Different avenues. When my brother died, I said, no more alcohol. He died from alcohol and drugs, no more of that. It's not gonna happen in my family anymore. If, as much as I can control it. I mean, maybe it will, but if I can control it right now and inspire my kid to be like, hey, dad didn't drink, he gave it up. Why, why should I do it? That's, that's good shit. You know what I mean? Especially when it's impacted my family so much. Mm. If it, like, think, And you're right. Things stopped at my dad. Things can stop at me and then it could just keep snowballing, dude. That's what will happen, man. Because I can't see you going backwards. Man. Yeah. So, but good stuff, dude. It's been good, man. I know, you, really I know you got to get. I, I, we could talk for another four hours. Well, two, easily, two, four, bro, yeah. Easily. With bathroom breaks and everything, we could easily do that. 100%, man. It's been, um, so, it's been great, bro. It has been, man. We'll tell people where they can find you, bro. Absolutely. So, uh, Chris underscore Kuchera is my main handle for Instagram. I don't really go on anything else other than Instagram. Um, Chris underscore Kuchera underscore Realtor is my Realtor page. And then um, you can text or call 805-285-8110 anytime. Say that number one more time. 805-285-8110. Say it again. 805-285-8110. We know three times it needs to be said for people to is really Is that what it is? Really three remember. times? Okay. Yeah. I, I got to remember that three times. I'll say it on voicemails now. <laughs> call me back. They're going to be like, motherfucker, you just said this shit. <laughs> I'm going to have you with a quote that says, say it three times. <laughs> say it three times. <laughs> and then I told Gilbert uh, from uh, the Slow Barber Shop I was going to give shout him a shout out. Shout out to Gilbert. Yeah. Line me up. Super good. Had to look fresh because I know my boy was going to look fresh. <laughs> This dude doesn't step out of the house without looking. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. Hollywood right here. Oh, stop, dude. So good looking to Gil, Gib. We call him Gib, so. Gibby, yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, I love it, bro. I thank you for your time, man. Thank you for being here, bro. It was pleasure, a pleasure. Bro. We'll do it again, man. I look forward to it, my guy. Done.